Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to part two of Homo Sapiens. We are chatting to Owen O'Kane. He is a psychotherapist. He's a TED talker. The man's a genius. This is a beautiful episode. He's going to help solve all our real problems, the specifics that face the LGBTQ plus community. Um, Kate's indicating that's what that clicking noise is in the background. No, no, you don't have to turn it off. Safety first. Uh, okay, here's part two with Owen. Have a listen. So I don't know if this person is written anonymously, so I'm just going to not say their name. I think the community, especially cis gay men, is highly sexualized in a toxic way. We use terms like top, bottom, femme, mask, but in my experience, rarely have an open discussion about what we actually want and enjoy. It felt like when I came out, I had to instantly know what to do and be willing to do it. Only now, at 40 and in a 15-year relationship, am I comfortable talking about sex and my sexuality. Owen, how the hell do we all start talking, having open discussions about what we actually want from sex? Right, this is a, it's a good question, that, and it's a, it's a real double-edged sword. I found out a new one the other day that I hadn't heard offside as a position. Had you heard of yes, that? Yes, I love that. Yeah, we talked about it. That was new to me. I discovered that the other day, and I thought, what's a side? I didn't know. Mm-hmm. My mind had gone somewhere completely different. I thought it was actually a physical position yes. to then discover, actually, it's, you know, it's a, a choice neither to top or bottom. It's people who decide to express themselves in different ways. Here's the thing around sex. I think it's a... A double-edged sword. I think for many of us, there's been a lot of shaming around the the rights and wrongs of sex. So I think for a long time, all of that repression. At one level, I think, do you know something? If someone's comfortable in their own skin and they they are using sex in a way that's comfortable for them and it's respectful, not only of themselves, but the other person, and they're enjoying it and they're having a good time, then who's to say there's anything wrong with that? Because I just think as long as it's responsible and as long as it's okay with the person and it's all it's all within the parameters of respect and fun and, you know, it comes from a good place. And I think mm. we need to be careful about labeling it toxic because then we can almost start to label and brand people who are highly sexualized as almost a bit deviant and wrong because, oh, they're, well, actually, no, maybe they just enjoy sex and maybe that, maybe that's all right. So we need to be careful that as part of this community, we then don't become part of the shaming. Mm-hmm. Now, I think there is a flip side and the other side to the coin is, in my experience, and this is not a judgment of any description, but my experience is when I see people using sex to feel better. And I don't mean just to feel better in terms of, you know, I I just want to feel good actually when they're doing it because they're genuinely feeling rubbish about themselves and they're using sex to feel better. Then normally that does go into darker areas. 
mm-hmm. and it starts to become a bit more soulless and a bit more disconnected and disjointed. So I think for, for most people, it has to be just know how and why you're using sex. I think if you if you have that answer and if you, you know, if someone says to me, look, I go out and I have sex every night of the week or every day, or whatever, whatever the context might be. And I do it because I'm just feeling so shit about myself. Then what I would say is, OK, I think you probably need to reevaluate your relationship with sex, just like I would say if it was drugs or alcohol or food or anything else. The other side of the coin is that if you're comfortable with, with sex and it's OK and you don't need it to feel better, and it's just part of your humanity and you're able to express that and you're able to enjoy the feeling of being able to celebrate sexuality. Well, then I think if it's, if it matches, if it's okay, you know, if it kind of aligns with the inner world and it's not been used as a means of managing shame, mm. then I think that can be healthy. So I think we all have to get much better at kind of thinking, okay, I know what's comfortable for me. I know what's not comfortable for me. I'm in a relationship with someone 25 years. I know what's comfortable for me. I know what's comfortable for us. I know what's comfortable for the relationship. But that doesn't mean that that's a prescriptive, right? And that's how it should be because every person, every couple are going to evolve and they're going to find different ways of managing their relationship. So I think we all have Mm. to get a lot better at kind of perhaps judging each other less. Does that make sense? It it does. But I I still have a question mark over like... you know, how do we get better about talking about what we want from sex, which I think is part of the question here. And so, for example, my husband and I have a weekly check-in where we we say, how's it going? I'm not talking about sex, yeah, I'm talking about yeah. everything. But in that, all things must and can come up. And you have to yeah, s- yeah. say, if you've got something on your mind, you can't be like, yeah, yeah, it's all cool. I mean, it is a safe space with which to bring up whatever and it can be good things as well i mean rarely it is it's normally about the dishwasher but um you know it's like uh are you a fan of that because basically this is in a relationship or if you go home with someone of a night when do you bring up the specificities for your own sexuality because if you're anywhere lgbtq plus there are all different things about you that are your that are specifics around you, and we're not yeah, taught absolutely. to talk about. And again, it. I mean, it's very it, it's very much in context, isn't it? I think it has to be. It always has to be a conversation because I think a lot of the time, I think the very nature of apps and stuff. I mean, sex is readily available and sometimes very very quickly. And if you meet somebody, particularly if it's an anonymous meet, then the agendas are not going to be clear, and some someone might have a very particular idea about what they want that does not match what the other person wants. Now, you know. Having a conversation at the minute seems a bit old school, you know, particularly if it's an anonymous mate, that might seem a bit like back in the 70s, 70s, 80s thing. Well, actually, it is an important thing. And I think if people are not talking about what they want or what they, you know, how they'd like it to go, well, then there isn't really any agenda. So it is a bit of a free for all. So I do think we have to get better about getting comfortable with saying, actually, just to be clear, I don't like or I would rather not. Because then it's very, very clear. You've made that, you've communicated it, not only for yourself, but the other person then has to hear it. So then there's no ambiguity about what's going to happen or what's not going to happen. And I think, you know, to fall into the trap of just going ahead with it for the sake of it, you know, I think we've got to get better at thinking, actually, no, this is really important for me. It's a two-way thing because I often think the other person might get better. If, you, if you've if you said to them at the beginning, 
and look, I don't want this to happen. This is what I don't like. Well, then they know they've got the information. If they don't respect the information, then you have a choice immediately, hopefully, to get out of the situation and say, this doesn't work for me. Because you're not being valued, you're not being respected in that moment. So you've got the choice to get out and you get that information very, very quickly. So I think to answer the question very, very broadly, even though it's a tough subject and it might feel a bit old school and it might feel a bit of an odd thing to say, when you think about it, particularly around sex, you know, we, we talk about the awkwardness of talking about it, but actually the reality is you're going to be lying naked with this person in two minutes. But yeah, but we, but we <laughs> talk about so it. funny. That's yeah. the awkward And then bit, we talk about the awkwardness of having a conversation. I just think we have to get better about this and to think actually, no. If we do talk about it, you will have better sex people and you will have um, safer sex as well, you know. So we've got to normalise it. Come back to this thing, and I think this is a really important point, even though I'm joking a little bit. When we were talking earlier about shame, the not talking about it is all part of the same narrative. I mean, every single topic you and I are covering today, I promise you, we're the roots of all of this go back yes. to shame, shame, shame. Can't talk about sex. Why? Because let's be honest about it. If we dig deep, you're ashamed. Yeah. Also, you're ashamed to say what you want because you think what you want might be weird. And I, I think we all need to understand that none of it is weird and none of it's weird if it's consensual. Absolutely. Um, or you may be rejected or you may be judged it. or some, some, yeah. something else that you've experienced before. I've been rejected before. I've been judged before. I've been laughed at before. I've been humiliated before. We, we all, this is why anxiety comes up for a lot of people. Our anxiety comes up because it tries to protect his experience and stuff that hurt in the past. Mm-hmm. That's very often what anxiety does. It's trying to stop these moments happening again, but very often in a really unhelpful way. Interesting. Um, I've got a little message about loneliness, which is something that comes up a lot on the podcast. So if you have time, can we do that one as well? Of course we can. Yep, yep, absolutely. Thank you. So this is from Matthew. I came out as a teenager and was accepted by friends and family straight away. Regardless, I've struggled to relax into my identity as a gay man and have had mental health issues surrounding this self-acceptance my whole life. I've always put myself out there on the dating scene but have never been able to find that special someone. I came to London scene fairly late in my early 30s and found some good friends. But as time has gone on, I'm 44, my friends have partnered up, settled down and become parents in a few cases. They all make it seem so easy. My social circle has dried up and the slow creep of ageism in our community has made it difficult to make new friends. Coupled this, I find the older I get, the less interested in going out on the scene I am. Well, it's because all the loud music, isn't it, Matthew? That's why people took the piss out of me in a gay pub the other day because apparently I put my hand around my ear while I was ordering a drink. <laughs> and I turned around and they were all copying me. Um, I was like, oh, shit. Anyway, um, back to the email. I'm often filled with a sense of loneliness. Every time I turn up to a family dinner, a wedding, or a social occasion by myself, I'm reminded that I should be in a relationship by now. When I'm at home by myself, I yearn for that shared intimacy with someone. I'm not just talking about sex, but about simple things like sharing opinions on culture and the world. Well, Matthew, thank you so much for writing that message because i know it resonates with a lot of people yeah yeah i mean it's a it's a massive topic i mean this could be an entire episode in in itself mm-hmm. um, I, I was doing an interview recently for someone i can't even remember what it was and the, they were talking about depression mm-hmm. and one of the things i said and i do say this unapologetically i think loneliness is probably one of the most dominant symptoms of depression that gets missed all of the time wow it's the one thing we don't talk about we talk about everything else lack of sleep you know, irritated, you know, changes in appetite. We go through this very mechanical list. We never talk about the fact that 
you know, depression and loneliness come hand in hand. They are very, very closely aligned. And I think, you know, it's got worse over the last couple of years. I don't think lockdown helped. I think this kind of almost residual hangover that's come from lockdown is, you know, we're still in an odd place. I don't think we're fully recovered yet. But I I think what I'm seeing across the board, it's really interesting is no matter who I work with, who you are, whether it's in clinical practice or I'm meeting people in groups or whatever, I'm meeting younger members of the LGBT plus communities who are feeling really lonely. And they're feeling really lonely because they didn't have what, but certainly what I had back in the day when I came out, there was, but you went to the bars, yeah. you had conversations, you know, you chatted people up, you did all of that there. And I feel very, very lucky that we had all of that there. You know, it was back in mm-hmm. Belfast even at the time, but there were a couple of gay bars that you could go to. And there was a sense of community there. When I came to London, GAY was still going the big GAY at the Astoria. The first time I went there, I yeah. thought I was in heaven. All of these. Yeah. Thousands of gay men. I can believe there were so many of us around. And I think <laughs> I was very lucky to to have experienced that sense of community. But what I hear now is I, I hear younger people generally talking about the sense of disconnection and isolation because so much now isn't being part of the community. It's, you know, driven by the apps and it's a much more virtual world. But the interesting mm. thing is I then meet guys kind of middle-aged, older gay men, women who are, describing exactly the same thing they're feeling a bit excluded they're feeling a bit alienated so i think for me what i what i realized recently was i think right across the age spectrums of our lgbt plus communities i think loneliness is probably one of the most problematic issues we have i think we are a lonelier community than we've ever been and i think even if we look back to the trans community we were talking about that earlier and and, and and some of you know when you hear people talk very openly and very honestly, when you often hear the 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 volume of loneliness and isolation and misunderstanding that's there with the trans community, I think of what we've got is if we you listen to people, you know, I talk to bisexual people all of the time in my line of work, same thing, feeling alienated, feeling excluded from the gay community because they don't really know where to fit in. So you go right across the age groups, you go right across the spectrums of identity or whether it's orientation or identity. What you're hearing with all of these groups collectively are um, everyone's feeling a bit lonely and disconnected. Yes. I think that tells us something really, really important about going back to kind of grassroots and going back to, you know, some of the stuff and what we were missing. You know, if I were an events person, I'd be saying, Get back to basics, you know, let's start creating some of these Vauxhall Tavern communities again. Let's create more of these. Yeah. You know, let's create alternative to apps where people are starting to connect a bit more. But also as well as what I'd say is we don't always need to be socializing within LGBT plus communities. You know, these days, you know, m- most people are more than happy to integrate regardless of identity or gender. You know, so I kind of think I think we have to get much better at just kind of including ourselves whether it's within our own communities or our other communities and just starting to get back to the kind of the bare basics of communicating and meeting people and getting out for a drink or going for that coffee or picking up the phone or just ringing somebody instead of bloody texting them. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I mean, no one answers the phone anymore. If mm. I try and call anyone... I mean, maybe I should get the picture. But, you know, like, <laughs> people just don't answer the phone. You know, like, no. it's actually really weird. Just before this started, one of my best friends called me, because I'm in Australia, obviously, like, we're not talking very much, as in we're not speaking a lot. Um, and my first thought was, like, who's dead? Yeah. Because like, <laughs> no, he never calls. We just WhatsApp. But, but what does that tell us? I mean, that, it, 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 I'm exactly a CM, actually. I had, I had a friend yeah. of mine text me last night. And he's having a tough time at the minute, but he WhatsApp me a whole list of things that are bothering him at the minute. Now, oh. this was a conversation. Mm, yeah, it wasn't yeah, a WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah. And there were about 25 different messages about all of these concerns that he has. And I, I did, and I looked at it, it did, it made me feel a bit sad. And I thought, why didn't you just pick up the phone and ring me? Mm. And I messaged him yeah, back straight away. And I said, look, let's get on a call. Let's, let's talk. Cause I'm not doing this by WhatsApp. I'm not doing this by text. So I think it, it's a whole combination of things. And, and that, the email you've just read, there, I, I get it loud and clear. And I, you know, whoever sent that email, there are many, many, many people feeling the same way. So I think that's a really important thing to say without sounding patronizing. Mm. You're not unique and you're not alone in this here. There's a lot of people feeling the same way. I just think we have to get better as communities at being active and doing something about that. I'm not trying to just be like, oh, do this and it'll solve it, Matthew, because I think it's a, a bigger problem as yeah. Owen is talking about. But like my mom always used to say, just like, just do the first thing that would make a change. Like forget about what the result will be, you know, like just go and see a friend for coffee or whatever. And just it, things start to break apart and get better as a result. You know, like it just does. If you start to change the way you behave and not, not focus too much on the end goal, actually, it's just and like, it's really sensible advice. I think that's, really important you know sometimes it is as we were talking about how to be your own therapist in the book sometimes it's just the next step it's yeah. enough it's never about never about the outcomes because you you know you get the outcome i mean i know this here you know you do a book and you're all worked up about writing the book and god will it do well and you know mm. i get the right PR and you get yourself worked up into your frenzy about it and of course it, it all evolves it all works out if you're if you're driven by the right intention i really do wholeheartedly believe you've still got to show up you've still got to do the work but if your intention is driven by the right motives it it it, it all it's fine it works out but it's just about sometimes thinking do you know something this is all i need to do next it's just one mm. next step will be enough without kind of the measurement or the, because you get to then you, you achieve or you get to what you want. Then unquestionably the human ego jumps in and it will create another desire or want because we're always constantly dissatisfied, seeking, wanting, desiring more. And I think like, and, and my work, if you're working with me as a therapist, you know, I really, one of my big things is about simplifying stuff. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, you know, we want to blame every client I meet comes and they'll, they'll sit down and they will talk about, 
things are shit, things are difficult. He did that, she did that. My boss is tough. My past was awful. And, and you know, often it's very warranted. So it's not to minimize or discount it and say any of that was wrong. But the one thing most people don't want to do and they really struggle with to say, no, I get all of that there, but ultimately none of that's going to change. You can't undo the stuff that's been, you can't control what's coming next. But actually what you can do is you can really start to begin to change how you're responding, how you're reacting, how you're dealing with your past, how you're dealing with the future, you know, how you speak to yourself, how you treat yourself, how you look mm. after these parts of you that are struggling. Cause every one of us have these different parts that that lovely email you read, that's a, a part of us. Loneliness comes up. Another part might be anxiety. Another part might be depression. Another part might be shame. Another part might be anger. These are all parts of who we are as human beings, but we spend all our time trying to get rid of these parts. So we then get preoccupied with all the external stuff. It's easier. Mm. Yeah. It'll be better when I get the promotion. It'll be better when I get the divorce. It'll be better when he's out of my life. It'll be... Actually, no, it won't. Because there'll be something else. If you don't work in the internal stuff, you know, like you said, you check in with your boyfriend weekly. Really good idea. In this book, I talk about checking in with yourself daily. You know, you get out of bed. You need, you need to know where you're at. Yeah, you need to know where your head's at, what's going on with your emotional state, what's going on in the body. You know, you need to know this stuff. Oh, I'd get nothing else done if I did that. <laughs> no, but it's 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm I, joking, I, I'm joking. I advocate doing a 10-minute check. And for me, I think if I didn't do it, it would be like getting into your car without doing your safety checks. <laughs> I, I, I need to know where I'm at because it's kind of like we all do. It's like, well, why wouldn't you? We do this stuff. Thank God, you know, if you really want to get the best out of your day so just as we're coming to a close just walk me through what that check-in is i'm going to do it tomorrow well if i, I mean look it's all in the book it's I'll all in the book I'll people get, it's behind no, no, a paywall i i sound like i'm giving a hard sell and i'm genuinely not i think for me it's always about you know this this 10 minutes that i include in the day i divide the 10 minutes over the day actually so it's a few minutes in the morning a few minutes in the middle of the day and a few minutes at night time. And the whole premise of it is the morning stuff is about, okay, look, if you get out of bed and you crash land into your day without knowing where you're at, then the likelihood is that stuff's just going to accumulate and spiral as the day goes on. So I think if you wake up and you think, God, I'm in a really negative headspace today, it's important to know that because you can do something about that. And you can stop mm-hmm. and be curious about that. Okay, I wonder what's going on here. If you've got big emotional stuff going on, you know, like say, for example, it's anxiety. Again, it's, it's information. So it's kind of like, God, it's a curiosity about it. I wonder what the anxiety is trying to tell me. I wonder what I need to do today. So it almost becomes a reminder. All right, maybe I need to slow down a bit today. Maybe I do need to get out for a walk. Maybe I need to go to the gym. Maybe I need to catch up with a mate for coffee today. I'm feeling a bit isolated. So it's, it's about taking the information that the kind of the mind and the body gives you all the time and then doing something with that. Cause essentially then that leaves you responsible for how your day is going to be rather than leave you know hand it over you know to life to, to create the solutions actually no it doesn't work that way it's about giving you the the responsibility the middle stage of the day then becomes about working on the assumption that most people's day gets derailed at some point someone will piss you off yeah. somebody will send an email that annoys you somebody will pull out in front of you in the car something that you hope is going to happen won't have happened. So this happens to all of our lives all the time. And then we start to go into these kind of negative spirals of thought and we get wound up. And so I won't go into detail too much, but it's a, it's a complete, you know, the, 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 the body responds, the mind responds, the emotions respond. So the middle part of the day becomes about, okay, 
coming back again to acknowledging, okay, what, what, what's the day been like? How do you get back to this point of equilibrium and balance? How do you reset? Then the evening stuff then becomes about, you know, often if you think about our day, if we go to bed every day, just accumulating the same stuff, if we're not processing the stuff, so by process, and if we're not talking through and working through the difficult stuff, we bring that to bed every night. Next night, it still hasn't been dealt with. The next night, it still hasn't been dealt with. Then suddenly you meet somebody, they're burnt out, they're exhausted, they're not functioning well, they're not coping well. I talk about the evening time becomes that period of time when you when you process the day. Mm. You deal with the day, you make a decision of what you can let go of. I mean, mo- most people carry about 25, 30 key worries with them to bed Most at the end of the day. You know, when you sit down with most people and say, tell me what's going on for you today, most people will very easily come up with a list of about 25 30 key worries. And most people bring it to bed with them. They're kind of stewing it over. So that's why we don't sleep. And that's why we wake at four o'clock in the morning because we got all this stuff. Whereas actually when you sit down with people and you say, okay, let's go through the list. What control do you have over any of these worries at the moment? Most people will say one or two at most they can do something about, or they can take one small step about resolving the rest. Genuinely, it's kind of like, well, that isn't for now. That's not in your control. So it's about teaching people in your heart. Can you park that? Can you leave that be? Because it's not in your control. So it's that art form, really, of knowing what to let go of rather than carry that with you. And then I think that, I mean, this is all about what we're t- we, we started off talking about shame. I think mm. all of this stuff is about moving from shame to freedom. Mm. We talk a lot about pride, and I think pride is really important. But there's no point in pride if you don't feel free. Yeah. Well, Owen, this has been so amazing. Thank you so much. You're and um, uh, the, we've barely scratched the surface, but everyone who wrote in, thank you so much for writing in and for those emails. We hope we helped. I'm glad Owen was here to steer the ship away from my bad advice. <laughs> very um, good advice. Very sensible <laughs> advice. I, all, all I do is just give a different perspective. Thank you so much. First things first, thank you all for writing in your questions. It was wonderful to be able to answer some of your woes. And, you know, remember, we're all in this together. Um, we're all one big hot mess. It's not, you know, it's no one, no single person's fault. Uh, I'm only referring to myself. I'm the hot mess. Um, Kate, this has been wonderful. Always a pleasure. What shall I have for my tea? What are you going to have? I'm going to have pumpkin soup because it's cold. It's cold here, but the well, soup will be... Well, it's cold by Queensland standards of cold. I'm sorry, everybody in the UK. Can I just say, this is being recorded at the end of the day. I have sunburn and every Australian has talked about how cold it is today. <laughs> I'm like, I'm burnt to a crisp. <laughs> What's the matter? <laughs> anyway, so you're going to have soup because it's so cold. I oh, I want dim sum. That's what I want. I was going to say, Madame Few. Well, they don't do takeaway. Madame Fu is this oh. restaurant around the corner. Well, they do takeaway, but you have to go and get it. I ain't doing that. I am not collecting food. Um, I'm too way too lazy. I'd rather eat a crisp from the cupboard. Do you I might have, have crisps. A, I don't think we do actually. I might have a little <laughs> glass of wine though. Any bread with the pumpkin soup you're going to be having for your Absolutely. dinner? Absolutely, toast with lots and lots of butter. Oh. God, and do you find you eat all the toast within the first minute and then you're like, oh, I've got a fucking bowl of soup looking back at me. Yeah. Did you make the pumpkin soup? 
I won't claim that level uh, of culinary skill. Uh I'm very good at warming things up. Okay, where did you get the soup from? Uh, From the shops. But as in, like carton, tin? Uh, It'll be a tin, Tin. sad to say, but it's really good. What's the brand? Campbell's. Campbell's pumpkin soup. Campbell's rich and creamy pumpkin soup. And do you put hot water in it? Is it Campbell's one you always have to double the liquid? Uh, I actually don't put any water in it. I put cream in it. Fucking hell. Yeah, you Um, know, I'm nearly 50. I can do these things. (laughs) I think Campbell's you're meant to put half water. Oh, really? Maybe that's why it's extra creamy soup. Maybe I should wear my glasses when I'm cooking. Yes, exactly. Rather than pouring a pint of milk or whatever it is you're putting in it. Um, Okay, listeners, I'm going to go and try and find a dim sum. Uh, And uh, this has been wonderful. Keep your emails coming. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com, at homosapiens on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening and thank you for all your letters this week, all your things you wrote in for the mental health thing. It was wonderful. Okay, lots of love. Bye now. Say bye, Kate. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Powered by Spirit Studios.